everybody, and welcome to episode 20 of the Bomber Brothers Podcast, part of the Pinstripe Alley community of podcasts, Sean and Ryan with you, and we have broken our cold streak after a couple weeks. We have on another guest, and this time it's Kanan Smith of the Charleston River Dogs, Yankees' fourth-round draft pick, who is currently tearing it up down in Charleston, and Sean, hope maybe a, maybe a part of the Yankees' future with that lefty power swing maybe part maybe the the greg bird swing that we thought was going to be here it's just uh, a few years behind that that's all right with me Kanan smith is tearing it up he's on yankees.com almost every day in the prospects to watch section and um yeah it was really cool to break out of our slump with a, a player i mean uh it's the first uh, active player we've had on i believe yeah, yeah, we've had a, a former in, in David Cohn, of course, but never, uh, never a current one. So yeah, well, naturally, naturally we're going for Judge next week. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm, you know, I'll see what I can do, but don't get too mad if I can't pull it off. But yeah, I mean, it was really cool to talk to him and and kind of hear his his story about how he had a, a tough year last year and bounces back, which is true in the life of many prospects, right? We've we've seen that with a lot of guys. Yeah, I mean, we saw it with Aaron Judge, and almost every time he moved up a level through the minor leagues, he always had a adjustment period when he struggled. You saw it when he got to the major leagues and struck out 50% of the time in 2016 after obviously introducing himself with a home run in his first at-bat, and now Judge is uh, caught in a, in a bit of an extended slump now. Naturally, everyone on Twitter freaking out, saying he should be pushed down in the lineup, and then last night, as we record here on Wednesday night he pulls a home run and he not only pulled a home run for the first time since the wild card game last year he pulled it 470 feet yeah that ball went a long way yeah Jordan was sitting next to me at the lib on Sunday afternoon and he's going yo this guy sucks and then uh <laughs> he hit, he promptly hit a double shortly thereafter and then added a home run yesterday so what what is it about this large legion of fans that as soon as someone goes into a hitting slump it's immediately up this guy sucks get rid of him like his run is over you know judge has shown that he's an elite hitter at the mlb level for the past two and a half years and he he slumps for a few weeks to a month and all of a sudden everyone uh not everyone i should say but a disturbing large number of fans start to write him off i mean do we forget about guys like jose ramirez he was he was worth nothing through the first half of this entire season and now he's tearing it up again i mean this happens yeah, that that happens, and I, I mean, just think about like, look at no further than the Giancarlo Stanton situation. People online are like, uh, "I hope he packs it in for the year. We don't need him back. Like he stinks in the playoffs." Blah blah blah. The, he's played in five playoff games in his life. Imagine if Ju- if Judge's postseason career ends after five games, he's got the horrible series against Cleveland and the home run in the wild card game. Does that sound familiar? I mean, Stanton had the home run in the wild card game and a horrible series against Boston. So. And now, like, you know, he has the judge then goes on, has the series against Boston, the wild other wild card game home run, the dominant series against Houston. It's like just give guys a chance. Like things come full circle in baseball. You see it all the time. Like you mentioned with Jose Ramirez, you can't keep guys down for too long. Imagine if you gave up on Gary Sanchez. I mean, it's it's insane. Which a lot of people also wanted to do as well, which Mm -hmm. is equally, equally concerning to uh, give up on some of the most talented homegrown prospects the Yankees have produced since the core four 
But my wife didn't believe that um, people really clamored for Austin Romine, and then when I showed her <laughs> some of the tweets, she made me pull up. I was very proud of her. We were pull, pulling up uh, Austin Romine versus Gary Sanchez in in war, and uh, going through their OPS pluses and, and everything else. So we were getting advanced, and she came away stunned that anybody would think Austin Romine is better. And like we said last week, it's not that we don't like Austin Romine. I like Austin Romine. I just don't like him as my starter. And if he, it's just it's just a lack of education by some Yankee fans, I guess. And um, I guess when you have a, a, a player that's supposed to be a star, you want him to perform at elite level all the time. But that that doesn't happen. I mean, Jeter had how many straight hitless games? Um, we saw A-Rod go into massive slumps. Same with Teixeira. And, you know, it, it, it just happens. I mean, you know, everybody – Bernie Williams is one of the most clutch playoff players of all time. But he had a horrible 2000 postseason until he hit, uh, and a horrible 2001 postseason too. Jeter had, had a bad 2001 also until the Mister November home run, and of course, it all it takes is that one swing for everyone to forget about it and fail to realize that you know the postseason is it's not you know it's still just it's still just a random span of a few weeks, and you just happen to be facing some of the better pitching in the league during that time but guys can go hot and cold just like they can in the regular season and it happens and it happened to some of the most beloved players in Yankees history it's just not acknowledged because the Yankees still won in spite of that I mean if you know if if the Yankees had won the World Series in 2004 or 2005 I don't think the A-Rod narrative is talked about nearly as much leading up into 2009 because just the team winning kind of makes people forget about that, which, you know, it's, I don't know, it's kind of foolish. Yeah. I mean, here, I'll, I'll, I'll here, let me, th- this is Derek Jeter's OPS, 2006, seven, and then nine ALDS, 1467, 353, and 1438. <laughs> I remember the 20, 2007 ALDS, Jeter played horribly. He struck out four times, grabbed into three double plays and hit 176, all singles. But nobody was like, oh, Derek Jeter's done. He's an unclutched player. He comes back two years later when the Yankees are back in the playoffs and has a 14-38 OPS against the Twins. I mean, forget it. It's just people are silly. But anyway, I'm not worried about Judge. Judge is hitting some long bombs. I'm not worried about Sanchez. It's August, and and he's he's playing like Sanchez. Um, And, yeah, it's been – it's been awesome. That's where the conversation started, by the way, with my wife and I. When Romine had that pass ball against the Indians on Saturday, I was like, if Sanchez mm-hmm. does that, Twitter explodes. And I only saw two tweets about Romine. But um, let's uh, let's get into the Indian series because we recorded right after the – or we, we recorded the day of the last game of the or- yeah. Orioles series when, uh, you know, Jay Happ is not great against Baltimore. So I'm very worried about what he's going to do against Oakland tonight as we record here on a Wednesday night. But um, – they, they finish off against Baltimore. I don't think we have to talk about that. It was Baltimore. Happed in a pitch great. Bullpen did the job. Torres hit more home runs. Yeah, exactly. Then we get the Cleveland series. They have that first game, which going going into Thursday against the Indians, kind of had a feeling that that probably wasn't going to go our way because the bullpen had been pretty taxed against the Orioles. So Boone's done a great job this year. The Yankees are the only team not to use a reliever three days in a row. So we knew that wasn't going to happen. We knew it was going to be Loisaga. And uh, who else pitched in that game? Sessa. And I know we mm. got an Mike Ford coming out of the bullpen that game too. But, you know, you, you get that laugh out of the way. And then they win two tight, tight games Friday and Saturday. Playoff-like atmosphere at the stadium on Friday. I was there for that. Saturday, it sounded like the same thing. 
Um, Paxton didn't pitch great. Tanaka did, though. I mean, aside from the two solo shots he gave up Friday night, he pitched really well. Uh, and the bullpen was money on Friday, too. Canely got two huge strikeouts on Friday. Um, and then Sunday, the Sabathia game, um, are you worried about CC? And what other takeaways do you have from the Indian series? Yeah, I, mean, I think the Indian series definitely continued uh, my uh, easing up on the Tanaka concerns because he was looking really bad for a while. And maybe he just needed a couple starts to adjust to this new splitter grip. I mean, he seems to be one of the pitchers that's uh, been really affected by the, the new baseball and the lower seams. At least that's what I that's that's a part of what I would credit towards his uh, struggles for a good part of this season and then he just the grip and now he's starting to pitch a lot better so hopefully that helps and you know i'll i'll trust tanaka until he throws a clunker in the postseason which he's never done before he's got what a 1-5 era in the postseason in his career he's always been a big time pitcher and it seems like this uh this new grip's helping him out a bit as for cc i don't know i, I need to see one one more start before i make any kind of real observations a we weren't watching i wasn't watching his start because we had a game ourselves and b it is his first start back so you know maybe he just needs to get back into the swing of things also i mean but you can also say that these knee concerns are kind of coming more frequently he needs his knee drain more frequently as he gets older and he could just you know be breaking down and maybe it's time to consider him as uh, a bullpen piece or just in a, in a lesser role down the stretch and in the postseason, we'll have to see. But, I mean, honestly, aside from Tanaka, you really don't know. I mean, you could even include Tanaka in that. You just really don't know what you're getting with this with this pitching staff right now heading in, into the postseason. You, do, you have an established postseason performer in Tanaka, but he's had struggles and is susceptible to home runs, which could make or break a start. We saw Herman, who probably should be pitching in Yankee Stadium given his home road splits this year, he had another bad start on the road last night. He's averaging two home runs given up for nine innings. That could be a death sentence in October. And CC has struggled and trying to get his, his knee right, which probably will, will never happen again for him. As you said, his pain is consistently at an 8 on a 1 to 10 scale, so that tells you something. And Hap is just I, – I feel like Hap has already pitched himself out of postseason consideration. So, I don't know. It, it's, it's still – like, look, the Yankees are, are in good shape. They're up there with the best record in baseball, but I still think these uh, starting pitching concerns are definitely warranted. But, it, you know, it was still nice to see two competitive playoff atmosphere games on Friday and Saturday, which both resulted in wins. So, you know, as, as, as concerning as the starting rotation is, you know you have a lockdown bullpen that can eat up four or five innings with that quartet who have all been really, really good lately. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I think bullpen day is probably the way you have to go in, in, in any series in the postseason with the way the rotation's been. I mean, um, let's let's pray for the best. And, you know, the reports that Severino's been feeling great and he's facing hitters and he's going to be facing hitters down in Tampa. That's awesome. Um, so you figure you pencil in Severino Tanaka after that. Domingo and Paxton, they're both question marks. Um, I'd feel better about pairing Paxton with an opener. Absolutely, yep. And I don't think doing that with Domingo is a bad idea either. I mean, he comes in firing off that curveball after you, you get some gas in your face to start the first inning. Oh, that sounded weird. Um, 
<laughs> Some gas in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, it'd be it'd be pretty good, you know, for some gas in the opponent's face. But um, that would definitely yeah. throw him off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll we'll have to see. I'm like I'm half going tonight. I've already I'm already thinking Tanaka's got a pitch grade on uh, to avoid <laughs> the sweep on Wednesday. I mean, it's just the pessimist in me. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. But I uh, did a great job in the series against the Indians. Um, the two games they won, one game they won by singling them to death. The other game they won by uh, homering them to death. And that's, that's always fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, last night I'm not really worried about only getting two runs off Homer Bailey. They got 11 hits. It's just, you know, when you don't put them in the right spot, that just happens sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you had Sanchez and judge absolutely smoke home runs. There just happened to not be anybody on base. I mean, it, it happens sometimes. I'm not going to get worked up about, about that loss and uh we'll just you know just hopefully the yankees can go you know 500 or whatever on on this west coast trip it's it's definitely not an easy one i know they have the mariners at at the back end of this west coast trip but the mariners just went six and three on an east coast trip of their own including two Uh, wins against the rays should have been three but wild uh, pitch yep so that was a bummer but you know these games they still matter for the Yankees. We've seen how well they play at Yankee Stadium, and that shows you how crucial home field advantage is. I mean, look no further than the 2017 ALCS. Home field really, really matters. So these games are all still uh, very meaningful, which means the pitching is going to have to step up. And like you mentioned, it's you kind of look at Hap starts with a sense of pessimism, but I think a lot of that pessimism has kind of been a uh, warranted given how he's pitched this season i just i when when it comes to hap i I really don't i (laughs) don't want to see him in a postseason game at at this point at all neither neither do i i i mean unless he goes on a tear down the stretch like from now until the end without a blip yeah don't please no please um so we'll see but yeah hap's easily becoming like the new sunny yankee fans were posting (laughs) videos on twitter of when he apparently started tried to start a fight after severino clipped uh donaldson when he they were both on the blue jays oh really <laughs> and they were like see hap's always been uh been soft like he can't handle the pressure he's always he's, he's not cut out for new york i'm like damn oh we see how good sonny gray's doing outside of new york so maybe they could get more for Hap and say look <laughs> we gave you one guy that couldn't handle it here he's doing great so now you know give us mike trout for for hap the only, di- the only difference is Hap has shown that he can pitch really well in New York. He yeah, was, I know. He was money down the stretch last year. It's just he's just another year older or whatever it is. He's just not as, as good. Maybe these lower seams give him less traction when he throws the pitch and his spin rate's down and that deceptive fastball is no more. I, I don't know. Whatever it is, if he doesn't get better in a hurry, he will hopefully not be a factor in October. And like you said, hopefully all goes well the rest of the way with Severino and Batances. I mean, if you get those two back healthy, those are two of your most valuable players from last season suddenly back on the roster and a part of your team. And then you factor in Luke Voigt, who's been taking BP and fielding ground balls with uh, with the Rail Riders, and you uh, punch him in instead of Mike Ford, who, you know, we love Mike Ford. And his 53 mile an hour heater, but obviously Voigt is a significant upgrade. And then all of a sudden, even with the other injuries, you still have a team that looks pretty locked and loaded. Like they're 
they'd be able to make a, a run through the playoffs. And that, again, that's not even including returning guys like Stanton and Hicks, who we'll see and if Voight. they can come back. Well, I mentioned Boyd. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm here looking at the list. I you know I wasn't paying 100 percent attention. I was looking at all the oh, all nice. the guys when they're due back. Sorry. <laughs> No, yeah. Well, what, what's uh, what, I mean, what's your outlook for Stan? He's he's been pretty vocal about saying, you know, he doesn't want to come back until he feels like he's gotten the work he needs and shakes the rust off. And he only just started running on flat ground yesterday. And well, that's good because only... baseball's played on flat ground. Yeah. Well, unless he was running across the pitcher's mound. That's from from left field. It's a long run. Um, <laughs> David Robertson's see. made it. That's that's true. Um, let's see. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's with them now. Right. And he's supposed to be ramping up activity soon. Um, so I, I mean, I, I, I think he'll be all right for, for early September. He'll get, he'll get at least two weeks in. We'll see. Uh, barring any setbacks, we should probably always say that because of how the season's gone so far for a lot of Yankees. But I mean, Hey, if he doesn't, if he doesn't come back, uh, even until the end of September, if Cameron Maven keeps playing the way he is, it's, uh, it's a definitely a good way to mask the absence of Stan. I mean, Maven has been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you figure Maven's been good, but imagine getting back a healthy Luke Voigt and a healthy Giancarlo Stanton into that lineup. Yeah, don't forget Hicks so now, too. We're in business. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. We're in business now. Yeah, well, Brett Gardner has an ingrown toenail, so he's getting another night off tonight. <laughs> Those hurt, man. No, they Those do. hurt. I tweeted. I got one removed. Then I hit a home run later that day. So Gardner should have played the day he got it removed. <laughs> but it hurts. It hurts. My, my, I was still numb, so I couldn't feel anything. So anyway. Brett Gardner is in the dugout banging his bat against his toe to knock that knock that toenail loose. What do you? Th- yeah, what do you think about the new on-base thing? The four fingers is gone, and now it's bat, bat the helmet. The- I love it. Did you? <laughs> Did you see DJ LeMahieu do it after his single last yeah, he night? Yeah, he was so angry. He was like, like, he was like oh, shit, I forgot. <sighs> it was, it, it, to me, it struck me as like, here, you guys happy? Like, I'm fucking doing yeah. it. They, you guys have been bugging me to do it here. <laughs> yeah, he's such a, uh, such a machine. Yep. All right, well, um, so, speaking of so. machines, Kanan Smith has been a machine down in, in Charleston this season. And what do you say we go ahead and play that interview and see how things have been going for him and take a look at a potential future impact Yankee? Whatever you want. All right, so we had a chance to talk to Kanan Smith, a former Yankee draft pick of the Charleston River Dogs. So here he is right after a quick break. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We're joined now by Kanan Smith. He was a former Yankees draft pick, and he is now tearing it up down in Charleston with the River Dogs. Kanan, thanks so much for coming on and talking with us. Thank you for having me. So um, I saw recently that uh, Reggie Jackson spent some time in Charleston. Just what was it like talking with him? What kind of advice did he give you of being a one lefty power bat talking to maybe a future Yankee lefty power bat? I was awesome. Um, I've been knowing um, Reggie for about two and a half, three years now. Ever since I got drafted, um, you know we 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 have a great relationship. I call him Um. I think it was about for Reggie to meet for me. Um, but no, he's just basically just tells me that um, you know, I have a good eye. And just keep swinging, you know, and you know, stay confident when you're up at, um, up at the plate. 
And, uh, you know, Reggie is obviously a blast from the past from the Yankees. I mean, what is it like seeing guys right in the here and now, like Gio Urshela and Mike Talkman, just guys that were pretty much unknowns until they got to the Yankees organization, and now they get here and they almost instantly become better hitters. Does that does that boost your confidence in the organization that you're, you're a part of, that the Yankees will be able to maximize your own potential like they did those guys? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, you have to trust the guys. Gio Tommy is tearing it up, and I love the um, next man up saying it's just going in, doing a job, and, you know, I'm happy that they're winning. They're setting the example for us, for sure. And, and Kane, and the Yankees, aside from doing plenty of winning, they also seem to have a very tight-knit clubhouse as well. As a young player, does that make you look forward even more to reaching the goal of making the majors and, and being a part of that welcoming and fun atmosphere? Absolutely. Um, you know, even in spring training when you know those guys come down like Judge or Stanton or CC or Hicks, you know, they're all in the minor league locker room and, you know, laughing, laughing it up and having a good time. So they're basically showing us how um, how they do things and how we should do go about our business. And, you know, Last year, you said you were pretty much at your lowest point when, when you were struggling. Absolutely. How much of that turnaround was, was mental, and how much of it was mechanical changes that your coaches worked with you with? Nothing really mechanical. Um, I didn't really change anything up last year this year other than, you know, standing up a little taller. I think it was just um, the mental aspect of the game was, you know, me uh, not breaking for Charleston, me going through extensions, me getting hurt. You know, it was tough, you know. Um, you know, I've never batted, batted that low before. And, you know, so it was always, it was something new. But I'm just happy that um, I'm at my lowest point. You know, I have a great mental team. I have a great, you know, a great strength program. And I just got after it this year. And it's paying off. Absolutely. I mean, even, could you imagine the kind of success you've had this season? I mean, an all-star selection. You were in the most exciting offensive prospect and the, the stuff. Atlantic League by Baseball America, and I mean, I'm on Yankees.com every day, and your name is on the front page often for the prospect reports. I mean, have you could you imagine that after last year? Um, I'm gonna be real with you. I did, you know, I'm full confidence in myself. Um, I believe in my game each and every day, and you know, it shows. And uh, one of the things that they talk about so much when it comes to you is your bat speed is, is always brought up by prospect evaluators such a smooth quick lefty swing and does the organization you're a part of almost make you hungrier to get to the big leagues and, and swing it over at that short porch at yankee stadium like so many successful lefty bats have done in the past absolutely um that short porch is you know, I think that's calling my name, but um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, in those big league balls. So that's what I'm looking forward to once I get up there. And um, the the Yankees have they've dove headfirst into this advanced data movement in baseball th- throughout their entire system. They have one of the biggest analytical departments in the league. Um, were you surprised with what kind of information that was made available to you once you jo- were drafted and joined the organization? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't know they had all this stuff on me. You know, um, it's kind of crazy. It's just stat after stat after stat that they have. And, you know, I'm thankful for the analytics, 
analytics people because they help me out through so much on just the little things of, you know, base running, getting jumps, you know, hitting and accounts. Just I'm very thankful for them. And, you know, along with that new wave, the Yankees also brought up a crop of new talent in 2017, and, and then you get drafted that year. What, what's it like getting drafted in 2017 just as you're seeing this new crop of Yankees come up and the Yankees kind of turn an eye towards the youth? Um, it's an honor. Um, I think it's. I think what they're doing is great, and they're bringing up great prospects. And just you know, they're just becoming the best in baseball, and everyone wants to be catch catch on to the new wave of what we are doing. And and you're part of uh, you're like you said, you're part of a new wave of upcoming talent across baseball. And there's been a lot of you know baseball's kind of at a, a crossroads right now. There's a lot of older generations who openly express a lot of problems with today's game. A lot of uh, younger generations saying that today's baseball is just fine and, and even more advanced. Just you know, having just recently entered pro ball, what do you make of the current state of baseball? What what do you think works? Is there any is there any truth you think to what some of the older generations are saying in terms of the older style of play being superior? Just what is what's your overall thought of the game right now? Um, I love the game right now. I love all the home runs. I love all the. Um, I love. I, I really do love all the home runs and uh, the guys are just hitting. But um, I think it's both. Though. I think you have to have still the old school feel, but still the new school. You know, that made baseball fun. So, I mean, pimping the home runs and, you know, I'm, I'm all about that. And you um... – were such a baseball star in high school but you were also a football star and, and coming from texas obviously it's uh, almost like religion down there high school football do you think do you think that uh, has helped prepare you maybe for what a lot of people would say is a demanding market in new york where um you know winning is really the only acceptable outcome has has your background in you know uh, such a demanding Forum like high school football in Texas, do you think it's helped you prepare you for something like that? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's pretty much the same demand, you know. Winning is the only thing that matters, so find a way to get it done. You know, being a football playing every Friday night in front of thousands of people is, you know, is basically I need to do my job and help my team win. And that's what the Yankees, that's what the Yankees want for me, so that's nothing new for me. Did you, um, was it a tough decision for you to turn away from football or did you always know that, you know, baseball was your future? I mean, did you, did you love football the same way you love baseball or, or did you just kind of realize, you know, I think my natural talents are leaning me more towards baseball? I love football and baseball. I love them both at the same. You know, I grew up playing football my whole life, just like baseball, but I knew I had a better future in baseball. I knew it would take care of me and my family for sure. So who would you consider to be some of your inspirations growing up uh, and, you know, falling in love with baseball? What are, who are some of the guys that you watched and looked up to and tried to implement part of their game into your own? Um, I'm not going to lie. David Ortiz, that's Big Poppy. That is um, probably one of my favorite hitters of all time, you know. He was um, – I try to mimic him a lot for sure, but you know, growing up in Texas, especially when the Rangers were really good, I loved Michael Young and 
Del Trey and Mike Napoli. So I was basically just watching them each and every day and trying to, um, yeah, be like them. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much again. That's Kanan Smith. He was drafted by the Yankees, and he's now in Charleston with the River Dogs, having an amazing year. Kanan, congrats on all the success this season and continued success moving forward. Thank you guys so much. Nice to meet you. Okay, once again, that was Kanan Smith, and huge thanks to him, and hopefully he keeps trending upward in the prospect ranks. He's already been recognized recently by Baseball America as the most exciting offensive prospect in the uh, South Atlantic League, so good for him. And um, I think my favorite part is when he said that the short porch was calling his name. I think it would be cool to get another lefty bat up here in a few years and, and feast on that short porch, and hopefully, hopefully Didi's still here, and it could be the two of them. Yeah, um, man, I hope that he's still here, man. I'm, I'm getting more and more worried about that. Yeah, me um, too. Especially with how good Torres has looked when he's played short and how good LeMahieu's been. But we'll see. I mean, spending money, who can, who can count on the Yankees doing that? But anyway, um, I, I, my favorite part was just how confident he was in himself and saying, like, he, he didn't doubt himself at all. I was like, damn, like, I know a few people like that. Um, but not many. That's you know that, that's a hell of a lot of confidence in yourself. Well, you see it in Judge too. I mean, he keeps getting asked about this slump. I think last night in the in the interview that some, whoever was asking him was like, oh, uh, you know, a lot of people have been talking about like your slump or something like that. And he was like, why does that matter? And that's like that's like the perfect answer. Like, <laughs> but I feel like Judge grew into that. Like his first year, he was more like he was quieter. He wasn't as you know. Oh yeah. But here he's not. Canaan hasn't even made it yet. He's already got that attitude, which is good. I mean, it allows you to, you know, to go out there and do things that, you know, maybe other people would think they're not capable of, even with the same talent level. Yeah, he certainly overcame a, a rough season, and now he's doing great. So, so good for him, and hopefully, this Yankee season continues to be great in the way that it has been since pretty much the what the last nine games of the season. I can't, it's still crazy to me to, to think that they haven't lost a home series since, what, early April against the White Sox, I think it was? Mid-April, something like that? Well, yeah, I mean, after the after the Red Sox came in uh, and we took that two-game series, which, I mean, pa- Paxton, that was the biggest game he's pitched as a Yankee still. Um, oh, yeah, he went like eight shutout innings or something like that. Right? Yeah, and then Gardner hit the grand slam the next night. Like that, since then, we've been rolling. I mean... But, you know, the pitching's still a concern. It reminds me a lot of 2005, where they really don't have a rotation you're going to go crazy about. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit more 2006, actually. I shouldn't have said 2005, because 2005, Randy Johnson was actually good, and Chin Ming Wong had come up. So, but 2006, I mean, outside, outside of Wong, every, like, Messina had a really down year when you look at his numbers, but um, whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, well, hopefully Kane Smith comes up and hits. Uh, you know, I miss having a lot of lefty hitters in the lineup. Yeah, it, I uh, mean, it, it's it's not as it's not as noticeable for me when you have guys like Voight, Judge, and Stanton when he's healthy, who doesn't really matter. They're going to go the opposite way and hit a bunch of home runs anyway, so they take advantage of the short porch almost just as much as lefties do nowadays. You can even include Glaber in there, I think. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I just like from a, you know, being a left-handed player, I like oh, to just watch for, like, lefties. You as just a fan, like, yeah. Yeah, just like me as a fan. I, I like it. And like when you go to BP, you know, the lefties are just going to be peppering you down yeah. that line. It's, it's fun. But anyway. Um, All right, so we're, we're looking forward to Kanan coming up in a few years. What are you looking forward to this week? Well, I mean, not any. I'm not playing any baseball because we are the back-to-back champions, my man. I mean, quack, your last you mean game, quack to quack, quack to quack. Yeah, there there may be shirts made up. Um, we're we're working on that, <laughs> possibly as a fundraiser, which you won't be, get to reap the benefits from since you're retiring. But uh, I really, I was, I was, I felt so terrible when we came off the field in the eighth inning, just from the heat. Like I had to go get in the shade. And then um, you hit the ball about 350 feet right to the warning track. I thought you had a homer. Oh, I so was like, I. this is going to be his last that bad. And he goes yard. Or, or maybe it was in the eighth. I, oh, the, yeah, it was in the eighth, right? It was right? the bottom of the eighth. It was my uh, last that bad of as a member yeah. of New Jersey ABA. That's it. So, uh, yeah, that was sick. I mean, what a great game. I almost threw the game away with an error. Um, Me too. But, yeah, I, I know. I was I was <laughs> on the receiving end of a few of them. But, yeah, it happens. I mean, got got made the out in the ninth and and that was it and we picked somebody off to end the game which was crazy but i mean it was a really one of the most fun games i've ever played in i don't know about you no that was a genuinely like really fun i called our cousin on the drive home back to connecticut and i like gave him the play-by-play i mean there it had everything it was a pitcher's duel through the first seven innings and then we had a a huge out at the plate our center fielder Ibby nailed this guy on the plate, which would have been the go-ahead run. Then, and then, then he drives in the go-ahead yeah. run the, the next, the bottom of the inning. So he had himself an inning. Then they come back and cut it to one. And then they have the tying run in scoring position, and we pick them off to win second straight championship. So, yeah, that was that was a whole lot of fun. I, I loved it. Yeah. As as I told Siswo, if, you know, he hits the three-run homer to, at the time, put us ahead by four. If, if – if Matt Vaskurgeon was calling that, I'd be listening to that over and over again. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, really good game. Um, but you know, back to back to regular stuff. I guess I'm seeing uh, a couple friends that I haven't seen in a long time. You know, Alex and Vinny were hanging out on Friday night, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them. And uh, I guess since we'll be out, it'll probably be a little bit later than my normal bedtime, so I'll get to catch some of the Dodgers games. So I'm looking forward to seeing Yankees Dodgers and uh, seeing some seeing some good friends I haven't seen for a while. How about you? No, I was going to say Yankees Dodgers as well. I, I'm really excited to just see uh, I, you know, see them play in L.A. and just uh, what should be a really a uh, playoff like atmosphere. You got Kershaw going Sunday night, I believe, against Herman. I think would be the probables right now. So that would uh, that would be a lot of fun to watch. And yeah, I'd say that's I'd say that's what I'm looking looking forward to. It could be a lot of fun to watch. Then depends on how um, how Herman's pitching. I have a trivia question for you. Okay. Let's let's see if you can get it. The last time the Yankees were in Los Angeles, they were losing by four in the ninth inning. Who hit a home run to tie the, that game? Can you give me the year? I told you the last time they were in L.A. The very last game they were in L.A. Hmm. I, I, I can tell you who started for each team if you want. All right, yeah, that'll work. It was 
Sunday Night Baseball, I remember watching this, Andy Pettit against Clayton Kershaw. And the Yankees were losing 6-2 to two in the ninth. And Broxton, Jonathan Broxton, gave up four earned. Jeez, I don't know. Granderson? No. Cano hit a two-out homer to tie the game. Oh, my man. I miss Cano. Yeah, though. That was that was one of the more I remember watching that. It was one of the more clutch home runs uh, he's ever had. But I just remember that as the last time they were in LA. And Broxton had a big year that year, I think, because ERA was one point eight seven at the time. I'm just looking on MLB.com because I googled the game really quick just to make sure I wasn't misremembering anything. And Mariano pitched two innings for the win. Well, hopefully we get some games like that. That would be that would be a lot of fun. Some games similar to the uh, middle games of the Cleveland series. Just two teams, two playoff teams going at it, fighting through a close game that comes down to the final outs. That would be, that'd yeah, be man, a that's lot good. Of fun. That's good baseball. I mean, you know, the crowd was really into it last Friday night um, against the Indians for sure. Big, big pitches. Everybody realized the magnitude of the game and the test at hand. You know, it was your child's play against the Orioles is over. It's, you know, A's, Dodgers. We play the A's again next weekend. Um, it's going to be intense. Then we get a little bit of a break in September, I think. So that's yeah. about it. What else is going on in your mind in Yankee world? Anything? No, that's it. I'm just ready to uh, keep chugging through this West Coast swing. Obviously, me working nights. I hate, I, I hate these. Yeah, I, yeah, I hate see, these. We're, we're, on opposite, we're on opposite sides of that spectrum because I work nights, so I come home, I get to watch the whole thing. So, I, I mean, I basically watch them all anyway. I have the game on in, in the office, but... Not, not with 100%. Listen to this. <laughs> not 100% attentiveness, of course, but yeah, just looking forward to watching every game in its entirety this week, at least for the next eight days or whatever it is. But uh, other than that, I you guess. You should get a job covering the team. It'd probably, probably just be easier. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be nice. So if any, if any, uh, if anyone on, involved with the Yankees listens to this podcast, well, Ryan Rucco said that people people were paying attention. So, I mean, you know, if, if you're out there paying attention, maybe we should have said this at the beginning of the episode. I'm, I'll take a job with the Yankees, too. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm halfway through all the exercises in analyzing baseball data with R. So, <laughs> well, anyway. That should be at the top of the resume. That's it. Yeah, well, I don't know. Anyway. I guess that's about it. I got no more useful information. I know I've just brought up a bunch in the last five minutes between the <laughs> no home run against Jonathan Broxton and that I'm reading baseball data with R. So I think I think this horse is about ready to be let out to the pasture. Yeah, that's how you know we're, we're out of time. But again, thanks everyone for listening to another week. Thanks again to Kane and Smith. We'll see everyone next week. And uh, keep drinking that coffee and staying up for these West Coast games. And we'll talk about them all next week. Thanks for listening. See you later, everybody.